Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is TV worth talking about. You didn't float up the wagon on a boat. I'm veering towards muffins. Stop making a tip yourself and piss off. This is Shrine of Duty. Hello and welcome to Shrine Podcasts. I'm Brendan. I'm Hannah. And I'm Rebecca. And this is the Caddy Christmas Special. A Christmas caddy, if you will. I'm Giddy. Rebecca came up with the name. It was really good. The Caddy Christmas Special. Very excited to talk to Craig Parkinson. All about his time on Line of Duty. Seasons one, two and three. Culminating in our favourite episode of Line of Duty ever. The best episode of all time. Urgent Exit Required, Season 3, Episode 6, when Vicky McClure hangs off the side of a truck. Nothing will ever beat it. And then it was a shootout and Craig Parkinson's character dies. We're going to ask him all sorts of questions, guys. I'm really, really excited to ask him about the Mars Code hand. Go on, Brendan. From the serious to the silly, we're going to ask it all. And yes, we will be asking the question we asked Martin Comston. <laughs> Who shat in Stevens? Stevens? <laughs> Stephen? Who am I? <laughs> who am I, Ted? Stephen? Who shat in Steve's car in season one? <laughs> and we've never really done a Christmas special before. Like, we never done them. We had one last week with the absolutely fabulous Vihan Malhultra, a.k.a. Manov Tiara. So you can go back and listen to that. Absolutely incredible. He told us about the time he ran out the door for a glass of water. But... <laughs> This is basically the second Christmas special we've ever done. It's with Craig Parkinson, so it's very exciting. I feel like we're the BBC. Like, this is our Christmas lineup. I'm very excited. The Guys, honestly, I'm actually nervous because I feel like Dot is one of Line of Duty's best characters. Yeah. And the fact that um, we still think he's going to come back from the dead... <laughs> also just makes me laugh a lot you know and let's call a spade a spade we have tried to be interviewing him for years like we've tried to interview him for years and now it's finally going to happen I'm very sweaty also to be fair to Craig Parkinson he has always gone yeah but he's a really busy man he's on a lot of other shows Exactly. And now he's giving us this time in this Christmas festive period. I can't actually believe it. Our next guest is an incredible actor and podcast host who gifted us with the best episode of Line of Duty ever. Season three, episode six, in case you needed me to clarify, when his urgent exit required text led him to being shot out of his glass box spectacular with AC-12. D.I. Matthew Doc Cotton was a complicated character who was very fond of playing golf with gangsters like Tommy Hunter, the letter H in Morse code, and a cheeky chili con carne. It's the caddy himself. Craig Parkinson, welcome to Shrine of Duty. How the oh. hell are you? 
I'm very good, very good. Um, lovely to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. Craig, season three, episode six. If you haven't heard us say it a million times, it was our favourite episode of Line of Duty ever. What was it like filming those scenes? Take us back. Oh, well, look, I'm thrilled that it's your favourite episode. Um, that means a lot, for, especially from a, a series such a Line of Duty. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's so many absolute belters um, I mean, I, the thing is, I didn't know what was going to happen. We all didn't know. We started shooting season three, but we only had the first three scripts. And we were all quite frustrated one night, and we sat in either my flat or AD's flat. I can't remember. We were all we were eating food and having a drink and going, well, who's going to go? Martin was going, it's going to be me. AD was going, I, I think they're going to bump me off. And I was going, no, I think, yeah, I think I'm going to go. I just don't know how. And then it was the next day and I was on set uh, in AC12 and Jed went, can I, can I have a little word with you? Um, and he pulled me aside and he went, look, I haven't finished writing it yet, but uh, yeah, you're going to go, you're going to go. And uh, he said, this is how you're going to go. And I went, Okay, well, that sounds pretty good. And it was only when I read the script and I went, fucking hell, if you can't... Oh, can we swear? Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> of course, I'm with a load of fucking Dubliners, Jesus. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I just thought, fuck me. If you're going to go, this is the way to go. And also, the thing is, up to now, apart from like the big, spectacular set pieces uh, that, that usually started the seasons, um, this was like ending it in the most explosive way possible. And the fact, and it was only when I read the scripts that he, he started to build this more personal, intimate relationship with Kate that I, I truly still believe was, wasn't, that wasn't one of his lies. Cause you know, I think this was a, a, a deeply lonely man. <laughs> a troubled, lonely man. But yeah, it was ecstatic. I just couldn't have thought of a of a better way to go out. Um, a friend of mine says that you're going to have um, the caddy written on my gravestone. She, I mean, she's probably not right, you know. I mean, it, it's downhill from here, really, isn't it? I might as well just retire. Um, Craig, what was your favourite scene to film? And what is your favourite scene of Line of Duty as a viewer? Oh God, that's that's such. They're big questions. Um, I think throughout season three, um, everything was a total banger. Um, I love the complicated relationship that Dot and Steve have. Um, the interrogation scenes in the glass box because I had to do two of them within, I think, the same week in season three and they're big, big scenes. Um, and I think getting them down so we could relax and play around with it, uh, were some of the most intense things I've ever done, but yeah, completely enjoyable. Um, I didn't particularly like running around Belfast on a Sunday morning with a gun. It's not the place you want to be. Um, <laughs> And uh, especially when, you know, Vicky was knackered. Um, 
and uh, there was one point where she fainted because it was warm and she had a lot of gear on and she had a big old gun. Um, so we had to sort of abandon filming for a few hours and Vicky went off and had a, a lie down and a, I think a massage in a hotel <laughs> and we picked it back up the next day. Um, but I, I seriously think those were, were some of the best um, I've, but you see, then I say that and then I go, well, the stuff with Neil Morrissey is so important because it speaks so much to the viewers because they're screaming. I knew when I read it that they're screaming at uh, the television set because they just know what's going to happen. Um, and they're, they're ahead of the game with, with this character. It's the only time that Jed lets the audience in. Is, is you know w- certainly with with my character for for the first three, um, but I loved the scene with Asha Arley in the warehouse when he gets him down and he dot hits himself. Yes. Um, I thought that was when I read that I went oh we're going really dark here. This is so dark. Um, and yeah, I mean it's it's, it's so hard to pick. Um, but I think as a viewer, it's slightly easier since I went back because I didn't watch it for years because I never go back and watch what I do. Um, uh, but when, I think it was last year, I don't know, we've kind of lost here, haven't we? When, when it was last year when the BBC um, put... Oh, they've the done first, them all again. Yeah, yeah last they, year. They, they put uh, season one up. Uh, it was the preamble to, to the launch of, of the last season and watching Lenny in season one um, is for an audience, but also as an actor, is it still an absolute masterclass? Um, and he, you know, he's, he set, he set the ground for everybody. Um, and he's, yeah, I still think he's just incredible <laughs> and it's heartbreaking the end of season one is heartbreaking when he when he throws himself in front of that lorry. Um, yeah, I just love watching Lenny James. He's brilliant. <laughs> um, obviously, hearing you talk about Vicky fainting uh, and everything else, it's it's a really demanding show to to film. Obviously, the content is really uh, tough as well. Um, that must lead to a lot of fun in between scenes, you must have had some serious laughs, like for a bit of comic relief. All the time. I mean, you've got to remember that Martin is one of my closest friends in real life. Prior to us both getting line of duty, uh, Vicky quickly became that as well. And AD. So the four of us, I mean, it was just ridiculous. And, you know, we'd have little in jokes and I'm sure the crew were just going, can you just fucking get on with this scene instead of laughing or saying some sort of cliche little catchphrase that you always do. And Vicky has, I can't even go in. Have you spoken to Vicky on this? No, we haven't. Not yet. Uh, well, I hope you do. You have to ask her. She has a very um, odd way of, of talking that goes back to like her school days that she has with like her closest friends and she got us talking like that. I mean, it's just, 
it doesn't make for good podcast uh, listening. I'm so sorry, but it's all very niche and cliche. It's not cliche, it's just so niche. Giddy um, behaviour. Sorry? Giddy behaviour. Oh, absolute giddiness. But you have to, you know. And then, uh, you know, l- you know. luckily, when Danny Mays came on board for season three, who we used to live together, he's like still one of my closest friends in real life. Luckily, really? we didn't we didn't have that much to do together because like they they often quite quickly, um, <laughs> but that would have been a recipe for disaster because Danny is somebody who takes his work seriously, but doesn't doesn't take himself seriously at all. Very much like Martin uh, and and like all of us, um, and when you're dealing with such intense drama, that is tough. You know the scripts are tough to get your head around and you have to know where you are geographically and historically and because people just keep popping back and forth all the time um so yeah i'm pleased that danny got killed to be honest because that would have been a nightmare (laughs) what was it like during that scene my dogs joined in the podcast if anyone can hear that in the background um had to hi suso shoot Lindsay Denton in the face and you were centimetres away from her. It was quite upsetting, if I'm honest. Because, because really? Yeah, because whenever I've had to shoot... I don't like guns at the best of times, but when you have to shoot guns normally in certain jobs that I've done in the past, it's always at a distance, you know? Um, and I knew the implications for the character doing it in such close proximity... But he had no, he was at the end of his tether. It was there was nothing else he could do. Uh, I don't think it's what he wanted to do. And also it's Keely. I can't sort of <laughs> shoot the icon Keely Hawes, can I? I'm gonna be hated for the rest of my life. But you know, it had to be done because he had no way out. Um, but we had a tremendous few days driving around in that car because it was when I went to pick her up from the internet cafe. Um, and then it was the the most that myself and Keely had had been on screen, just one-on-one together. Sorry, I'm so blocked up because I've been so ill. I wrapped filming on Sunday and my little boy coughed in my face on Saturday. So I'm like, I've just no. been dying for the last two days, um, mm. which is why I'm so sort of like, like sniffy. Um, but no, it was brilliant. Brilliant, but upsetting at the same time, I must admit, for, for all sorts of reasons. Uh, Craig, a really serious question now. Are you any good at golf? <laughs> no, I'm shit. I'm shit. <laughs> I played golf. I played golf once uh, in Italy when I was shooting a film out there and got coaxed into it by a few other golf wankers. Uh, and just went, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am so unsporty. It's unbelievable. Ask, ask my PE teacher from school if you can find him. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I'm fucking terrible. Same. Same. Um, what was it like going back to film the Morse code scenes? <laughs> it, was the, <laughs> it, it was the it was the best twenty minutes of my career. <laughs> they said, "said Oh, can you come back and just sort of do this?" And I went, "Yeah," but they didn't tell me what was going on. I didn't yeah. fucking know what was going on. And I just went, "Yeah, I'll just do anything for Jared. Yeah, no problem." Yeah, it was the easiest twenty minutes of my life, and I got to see Vicky. For half an hour, 
and shot this thing on my hand and just went. They did actually make you go back because the way it comes across in the show, it just zooms in. We thought you might have had a hand twin. No, they got me to do it. It's like, it's like, Oh, well, you're obviously earning money now because you can afford to just <laughs> fly me over from my hand. <laughs> to lie on the ground. <laughs> you could have just looked at right, You could have just got a hand double with sort of big, massive hands. Yeah, because the way it does, the box kind of zooms in on the screen. It yeah. could be anyone's <laughs> hand, but it is your hand. It's your hand. Absolutely my hand. I hope yeah. that was the best yeah. paid 20 minutes of your life. You're fucking telling me. <laughs> I mean, more jobs like that. If anybody want any hand modelling done, then I'm there. Yeah, easy. Were there any scenes that you filmed over your three seasons that were cut, that never made it? Jesus, that's a good... Not that I remember. No, I don't think so. Because, because of the way that Jed writes the scripts, there isn't a wasted moment. Um, and he's quite meticulous in that that's because they're so dense and we have to get on top of it um no no there there, there isn't not that not to my knowledge no um craig dots i think ex-wife and forensics um we heard about her do you know much about her she was never named she did like chili though hey we all like chili <laughs> especially in these winter months. Um, yeah, I mean, that was that was part of his backstory that obviously we didn't get into. There was loads of theories coming up that she was going to make an appearance at some point yeah. through the fans, the legion of fans, which it were amazing. You know, I mean, I've just started uh, on Doctor Who and it's yeah. only it's only now I go... God, it's like Doctor Who fans and Land of Duty fans, they're just like full, full on with their theories of like what's going to happen. Um, so, no, I mean, it was, I mean, it was amazing for me to have that little nugget of history, for, for, especially for season three, for his loneliness and his gambling addiction. Um, and it, I could just sort of place him away from AC-12 for a moment and especially when that uh, incredible scene when he's got all his burners in front of him and they all start popping off amazing you just go oh my god this guy's at the end of his tether and subsequently you just go well you look at it from the end of that season and go well what the fuck else was he supposed to do he had no way out no way out yeah um Dot makes a mean chili. Craig Parkinson, I'm wondering, what is your go-to dish in the kitchen? <laughs> well, as anybody who knows me um, in real life or not, I don't know. Uh, I love to cook. I love to cook and I love to read. And it's very rare that I can just get a few hours by myself to sit down and do either. Um, it's it, I don't know. It, it changes. I mean, I've been it. Obviously, I've been a bit ill recently with uh, this horrible cold. So I've just been on soups, really, just to get some nutrients back into me. Um, but I'm t- cooking this Christmas for my family. So there's eight of us. Um, so I'm just all on my waking moment is 
just thinking about prepping that that uh, the side dishes. I've got the meat all covered. That's nice. fine. But it's the side dishes. What sides side are you going key. for? The sides are the so sides, important. Sides are key. And look, my dad is quite the stoic uh, northern gentleman. So he demands good roast potatoes and Yorkshire puddings are yeah. a must. So, um, yeah, he'll get them all, but he might get some sort of Ottolenghi posh knobby <laughs> side dishes nice. as well. So, yeah, I'm constantly, I'm constantly sort of um, cooking in the kitchen. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's I think Christmas activity. side dishes are actually quite a good way to judge a person, aren't they? They are. I think they are, yes. And someone's gravy. Judge somebody about their gravy and yeah. their roast potatoes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Equally, I'm in agreement with you there. Using that as an opener with new people. So, Greg, you told us that you did think that your character was actually into Kate. Do you think they ever stood a chance? Oh, God, no. No, I I don't think so, no. I think circumstance, loneliness and circumstance possibly could bring them together, but I don't think they're solid foundations for any sort of relationship um but it was a nice little dream while it happened and and i think you know talking about jed and his uh scripts and meticulous ways that's why when he eventually saved kate's life there was a small percentage of redemption <laughs> for, for Doc, you know? Because, excuse me, he plotted that anyway. You just hear me do a little burp, man. Yeah, we did. Thanks. So, it thanks actually wasn't that loud, really. It really wasn't. It you looked could've, worse You could have gotten away with it. Just because yeah, I did that. Please, please no. cut that out. No, yeah, we'll cut, we'll cut that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we isolated the burp noise. We'll just send you <laughs> Put it out of the trailer. <laughs> thanks My for coming God. on the podcast. Here's the audio. <laughs> oh, God. This is terrible. No. No. <laughs> we can bleep um, the burp. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Oh my yeah, God, do, we'll yeah. bleep it out. Yeah, do, do that. Do, do that. We'll Thank bleep you. the burp. That's funnier. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> um, Craig, I'm wondering what elements of Dot's personality or story, did you bring any of those elements on to set with you? Um, or does it all come from the great mind of Jed? Everything. I bring everything 
to to the part. I am uh, a horrific gambler. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it all comes from Jed. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the 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 snarkiness and the way he puts puts down Steve it can never come from me because I love Martin Comston dearly and would, you know, defend him all the way. So for that, and especially to get him put in prison, I mean, my God, no. Um, but I don't know what it is because I, I started out doing comedy. I started doing comedy at school and then at drama school, it was always like, I do the com- I do the comedy roles. We're doing the Shakespeare, get the tall, lanky guy, Craig to do it because he's funny. He'll do that. And then when I graduated, I started doing comedy. And um, then, and I hope you won't mind me saying this, and I don't mind, uh, Danny Mays, my good friend, was cast in Whitechapel for ITV. And he couldn't do it. So then it came to me. And they said, oh, well, could you do it? And it was to play, like, the, the new mm. sort of incarnation of the Cray Twins. And it was the first big old drama that I'd done. So there was a lot riding on it. And I did it and I had an absolute ball with Phil Davis and Rupert Pemberley jones and Steve Pemberton. And then all of a sudden, everybody just went, oh, well, oh, Parkinson does, like, evil and nasty now and it's like now i'm trying to go no i'm not i just want to do loads of comedy but all i do all i do is like um and not that i'm i'm not i'm not being ungrateful i'm truly grateful um but yeah i do a lot of um nasty people now but it's uh it's good that i can go and go to work be be quite awful uh and then switch off at the end of the day it's getting all out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I um, I watched Whitechapel out. I watched Whitechapel but after Line of Duty and to say I nearly fell off the sofa when there was two of you <laughs> I texted the two girls I was like have you watched Whitechapel no I was like get on it you won't believe what Craig Parkinson's at it was brilliant oh, I Craig Parkinson personally yeah, not I the, actual, the actual man yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> um so, uh, Craig, some fans thought that um, Chris Lomax from season six was uh, a long lost relative of Dot. Have you checked Dot's family tree? Any insights there? Uh, well, I have uh, good knowledge on this that there is no connection because Perry Fitzpatrick is a very good friend of mine. And we were filming something earlier this year together um, for Channel 4, and we went out for a night in Leeds and we got mm. hounded because everybody saw us together I just went what are these two doing together yeah no I mean I'm very flattered Perry Perry Fitzpatrick is a very good looking man so yeah if, if I'm related to him yeah but no not at all but yeah he's, he's a good good guy you should get him on it he's a lovely guy we should. Now, I'm absolutely raging that I got given this question and I also had to ask it to Martin Comston. <laughs> right, if this is about something in season one that's about in a car... Yeah, you know exactly what's going on. I'm going to think less of you because at the moment you're my favourite. Okay, well, don't or, think or, less or, of me or, or specifically. Although, although I do want Brendan's hat, but carry on, Hannah, please. <laughs> you can have I it. am raging because we've 
put our little names beside all the questions and we break it all up so we all speak in turn and this one coincidentally I was I had to ask Martin Compton as well anyway Craig Parkinson we are hoping you can give us clarity on this who shot in Steve's car in season one awful awful <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry that you had to ask that question. I'm not asking one more line of duty cast member about that shit that's the end of it oh no but we all know it's Neil Morrissey we do have to get him on the podcast. That's so See, funny. See, Martin, oh, Com- Martin Compton said it was Doc Hotton. No, Martin Compton <laughs> is a lying fucker, right? <laughs> we all know, we all know that it was Neil Morrissey who actually took it there in a bag and then placed it in the passenger seat of the car. Okay? Before he jetted off into the sun with his walking stick on the pension. Ex- exactly. You, you speak to Neil Morrissey about this. <laughs> He'll tell you the truth. <laughs> we'll make sure to ask Hannah to ask him. Oh, oh yeah, it has, Hannah, it has that to is be your Hannah question now. now. Yeah. No one else can ask that question to no. anybody else. That's Hannah's question. Yeah, it is. I'm and if sorry. one day we manage to get Jed on, I know I'm going to have to be the one I have to ask him as well. It's ridiculous, guys. Fucking good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, moving Craig, on. What did you think of the Line of Duty season six finale? Well, look, let's let's put it all on the table. I was employed, as well you know, by the BBC to host the BBC Sounds podcast uh, that, that coincided with that. Which was excellent. Uh, oh, bless your cotton socks. Um, yeah, it was, it was quite a tough thing, I must admit. I've never worked for anybody else before on a podcast. <laughs> you get, I've got my own producer, mm. you know. And you get a lot of notes, you know. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, so the first time I watched it, I really didn't like it. I I felt really disappointed. And I was slightly shocked. And not in a great way. And I spoke to Martin, because I'd what I saw it before he did, because uh I spoke to Martin, but I didn't say anything because I knew that he hadn't seen it. Um, and I went back and watched it again because I was watching every episode like two or three times anyway because we had to be quite forensic in our approach um, and also respectful of the audience. And I watched it again. And the second time I went, oh, ah, okay. So I was wrong. My first instinct was wrong. Uh the second time, everything fell into place. And I thought it was super clever because not everything ends like the end of season three. It doesn't have to end on this big, explosive shootout, this chase. It can just be this fucking everyman, this geezer that is sat under your nose for all this time, who you would never think... Um, and I, I think that's what people don't get, but that's fine. Everybody can have their own opinion and, you know, that's great and that's art and that's what it should be. But no, I, I really loved it, but it wasn't until the second time that I watched it that it, everything fell into place for me. I think we had a really similar experience, didn't we? That is exactly how I feel. The first watch I was like, God, I don't know what we think and 
we were talking to loads of radio stations and all the next morning. And then kind of when you watch it again, which I don't know if a lot of like everyday viewers will give it a second or third watch, you're kind of like, oh, I get the point that Jed was making. It was just, just go quietly and to just make a point that it's cyclical and it'll probably never end and it can just be some idiot. And I do think it takes two or three watches to get that. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. Absolutely. Um, but it's because the build up, was so intense and mm. you know i still to this day think that all those locks on kelly mcdonald's door was such a red herring yeah because it was so <laughs> terrifying um and you've got that amazing uh shootout uh between vicky and gregory yeah it was an amazing cliffhanger um You've got the car going into the the reservoir, I think it was. You've got amazing set pieces. The van flip. Oh, God, the van flip. I mean, there was so much Martin Martin's out in the van. Oh, Oh, that was like James Bond. Well, that's what I said. I said that was his audition for James Bond. Um, So for, for the audience to end like that, maybe they felt a bit shortchanged, but I think it needs to be revisited. Mm-hmm. Speaking uh, because it, it, they're, they're not at all. It, it's far, it's far more intelligent. I'm not saying that people who don't get it are not intelligent. I'm not saying that, but yeah. it's far more intelligent than what we know. Certainly, yeah. for me, watched it the first time, I went ah, and then the second time, I went ah. Yeah. Speaking of revisiting, do you personally think we're going to get a Line of Duty season seven at some point, or do you think that could be it? Look. I don't know, but I think if it was it, then wouldn't that be a, a lovely place to end? Oh no, I want more. You, of course, you of course want more. I want you more. always want yeah. more. We always want more. But I'd love it for. I would love for it to end on a season that every that it got the reaction I think it deserved. Because I don't think the end of that episode got the reaction that I think it deserves. And I wish yeah. that it would end where everyone just went, oh, it's amazing. But Yeah, I know, but you can't, please, every, you can't please everybody. It's, yeah. And it's, then what do you do? Do you write something that you don't necessarily want to write service. to deliberately just please everyone? No, yeah. of course not. Because what does that make you as, a, uh, as an artist? Yeah. You know, you're pandering to other people. You know, Jed doesn't do that. He writes for the show and he writes for the characters and you know it's all for the good of the series i think what would be lovely is a special Ooh. Uh, like a tv movie like a 90 minute special would be kind of good that would actually be deadly. Now, humorous if it did come back or if we get a special and there's a guest lead who would you love to see Paddy Considine. Oh, that would be so good. Yeah, that would be so good. I mean, there's many people. Uh, i tell you what, another one. Mads Mikkelsen. Let's throw it out there. He's one of my favourite actors. Um, oh, God, there's so many. Now you've, I've never been yeah. asked that question before. It's a brilliant question. Um We've obviously trashed this around ourselves a couple of times. I think Sarah Lancashire has come up a couple of times. She can't cross the streams. 
She's got her own. She's got her own. She's 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 over the wrong side of the Pennines in Yorkshire. Saran, guys, Saran. No, she can't come over. It's vigil. She's not allowed. And we've got Nicola Walker tied up in her own business. No, she's she's yeah, she's (laughs) over on ITV. That can't come over. But yeah, all all incredible suggestions. Why? Because we haven't seen enough of her. Why don't we throw Olivia Coleman into oh, the mix? Yes. Yes. Imagine. So, look, Hello. I've thought of one more person who will be oh. fucking amazing. I've thought of some more as well. <laughs> what? Okay, you go first, Hannah. Okay, well, now I want Jodie Comer to be in it, except she's a massive Hollywood star, but like using her no. original accent. Jodie's cool as fuck. She would be brilliant. And she's, okay. so, she's the most un-Hollywood person you've ever met. So I want her to be in it. And then Sean Bean, after watching Time this summer. Oh, my God. I have to turn that off. I had to turn so it off. So did I. I had to turn it off. Because it, uh, it was just, it was too so soon. brilliant, but so fucking, it was too much. Yeah. it was. I have to persevere with things with Stephen Graham in them, even though I'm in absolute floods of tears with every single no. thing the man makes. No, it was too, it was too much. So Charlotte, Charlotte Gainsbourg. Would Do I know be. who she is, guys? Right. So you okay, look up look up Charlotte Gainsbourg. Yeah. She's an actor and a musician in her own right. But she's so <gasps> yes. she's yeah. so she, she can be so slippery on the screen and she doesn't give anything away. So I think her poker face would absolutely stump in that glass box. I think she would be the one to, to turn the tables. Yeah, that's a fucking great suggestion if it is. So. <laughs> well done, you. <laughs> I'm just looking her up. She has a fall denim capsule collection with Zara, Hannah. I love that. Cool. love Zara. I've only ever seen her in Nymphomaniac, so I've seen a lot yeah. of her. Um, She's very cool as well. <laughs> she is so very I think cool. She, I think she could, could be, she could be quite icy in, okay. in uh, you know. Fingers against, crossed for season uh, seven, guys. Oh, yeah, you hope. We hope and pray. Or for a Christmas special in 90 minutes, we'd go to the cinema, like, wherever. Stream it anywhere, we'll watch it, we'll love it. Um, Craig, are you going to be in the TV adaptation of Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton? Yes. Ooh. Can you tell us who you're playing? I I love the book. No. (laughs) I can't say I'm, I can't say anything about it. I'm not being obtuse, Rebecca, at all. Uh, but no, I'm not allowed yet. But yes, I, I can tell you, I, I've just I've just finished it. It's because I was I've just finished a new detective series in Brighton, Ooh. and basically when you're contracted on one job, and this was quite a long job, um, I was on first call to Grace in Brighton. Uh, it's a very different detective. I've turned down lots of detective parts, but this is, he's quite, uh, he's quite funny. I think he's quite funny. Um, and then I got the offer to come and do Dolly's show, which is back in Manchester. So we just had to work out times and dates and whether I could fit it in. Um, and it was only a few episodes and it was working with two directors who I really love and I've worked with before so we kind of moved heaven and earth to to make it work and yeah uh yeah it was a lovely experience yeah it was really good 
Uh, you're starring in Doctor Who at the moment. Uh, the Grand Serpent role was written specifically for you because, quote unquote, I hope you've already read this, you can do cold, quiet and threatening in a way that chills the blood. How was your Doctor Who experience or how is your Doctor Who experience going? Uh, it's going very well. I mean, my, I have a 10 year old son who um, can never get to watch anything I do because it's all, it's all after the watershed. Um, and also Jody is his doctor. So it was a thrill. I mean, and so flattered that Chris Chibnall would, would, um, write me apart such as that. And to be honest, once he started talking to me about it, um, he just mentioned that the character was called the Grand Serpent. And I just went, well, I mean, I'm totally in. This guy sounds incredible. Um, so it was just, he just gave me sort of carte blanche to to really go out with it and be quite, you know, sort of um, quite camp and theatrical, but also menacing at the same time and have a lot of fun. And, you know, yeah, it was an incredible experience. That must yeah. be the what? biggest honour as an actor, though, to for someone to come to you and go, I'm specifically writing this part for you. I am creating oh, a character for you as an actor. I mean, it, to be offered a job um, is one thing. But, you know, to have a conversation with a showrunner and go, look... I'm thinking of you for this part and I'm going to write you this part and you're the one that's in my head. It is the greatest of honours. And also because it's somebody who has obviously followed your career throughout the years and gone, well, I know what he can do, so I'm going to write with strengths. Because normally, you know, just harking back to Line of Duty, you know, it took Jed a series um, to really write... Uh, for, for Vicky and me and Aidy, and like he knows what we do, and he knows that Aidy's going to bring, um, you know, uh, all his Aidyisms to to, to Land of Duty. So he would write to those answers. So for someone uh, of Chris's calibre to to do that, yeah, it was it was slightly overwhelming to be honest. But yeah, totally grateful. Yeah, it's it's yeah, unbelievable. What else are you working on at the minute, Anthony? You can tell us about. I've just stopped for Christmas. I've got to do a bit more press uh, for Doctor Who this week. Um, but yeah, I've got a, a little cameo and a comedy with lovely Perry Fitzpatrick for Channel 4. Um, we've spoken about Dolly's show and Grace for ITV for the second series. Um, and yeah, I'm kind of quite done in. I've just... Uh, it's, I feel really lucky to be back up and running um, during such a potentially, you know, well, a very hazardous 18 months for, for everybody and certainly, you know, the television and film industry and, and of course, theatre industry, you know. Um, Craig, we've been sending a few questions now by listeners. Um, first up, Neve wants to know, at what, at what point did you find out that Dot was bent? Well, I'm sure Neve does want to know that. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I didn't know until I was delivered episode four of season one. Um 
and it, again, it was a Jed sort of Jed pulled me aside and went, "Oh, by the way, uh, uh, so you know you've been doing this? Well, yeah, you've got all links here." So <laughs> yeah, it was one of those. It was a, it was a. Can you come here? It was one of those again. Love, and thank love God your Jed I didn't know before. It was a, a secret that I was pleased as an actor that I didn't have to, uh, you know, pressure down. Otherwise, I would have been just a walking pressure cooker, having known that secret. But once I knew, it was uh, it was incredible to play, especially when, you know the back uh, in the ambulance at the end of season one, where it was revealed to the audience. It was uh, it was the biggest sort of mask ripoff yeah in, in you know for tv uh sarah oldfield is wondering if you felt sorry for dot as he was groomed from an early age and backed into a cycle of corruption or do you dislike dot for the murder and misery he caused no I, i've never disliked dot um i do i think it's important to like your characters i don't know that's another podcast but um no, I never. Uh, yeah, I did. I did feel sorry for him because of what season three did, and he was backed into a corner. There was nothing more he could do, um, and it's it's. I, I I yeah. I felt it was slightly heartbreaking. It certainly was heartbreaking to play. Uh, I must admit. Um, Ben has sent us in a very deep question and he wants to know what is an assumption people often make about you that is wrong what me as a person or me as an actor well we'd have to clarify with Ben but I actually think he means Craig you as a person (laughs) probably that I'm really I'm really horrible (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that I'm really just conniving and I don't know there's a lovely thing that actually going back to that too that Chris Chibnall said um, about me in the Radio Times this week and it was like he wrote this part for me knowing that I could do all those awful things but he said and actually that I'm really nice and funny and I went oh great Aww. that's fantastic um, so yeah I thought the assumption is that uh, that I'm just a really Horrible cunt. <laughs> <laughs> um, Craig Megan wants to know if you wanted Joe Davidson and Kate to get together in season six. Absolutely. Did I want them or did I feel that that's, that's where it was going? And I'll answer both. I thought that's where it was going. But then obviously it's red herring a go-go. So what, and now I'm thinking, is Kate playing her? Is she lulling her in? So there was loads of theories going around. And I was watching, I was only watching episodes two or three days before everybody else. So it was like, I don't know, I don't know. Um, I kind of wanted them to, yeah? And I thought they were, I genuinely thought they were. And still... I think there was some part of Kate that there was uh, there was love and respect there for Joe. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. 
another hard-hitting question coming away now, Craig Parkinson. Brace yourself. Is it, is it about shitting in a car? It's not about shitting in a car. I apologise. Great. Michelle Thanks. is wondering if you prefer a jacket potato or rice with your chilli. <laughs> Fuck me. Wow. I told this you. Is, this is so deep, Brendan. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, uh, I go neither with my chilli because uh, I don't eat jacket potatoes and I don't eat rice. Uh, I would be having my chilli, nobody else's chilli, my chilli on its own. Not a not a tortilla chip? No. Okay, Not fine. at all because my chilli is made with beef brisket, not with nice. mince. Gotcha. The picture uh, no, of uh, health. And uh, no, you're not having the recipe. <laughs> that was now, that was our next question. <laughs> yeah, that's it was, fucking, and we have to rethink quickly now. Oh, I'm Tessa, so sorry. <laughs> Tessa wants to know if Dot's story didn't follow the path that it did, where would you have liked to seen his story go? Nowhere. That that see, that is the thing. I feel it was the perfect ending because what Jed has always done and what we've always tried to do and serve Jed scripts is we never patronise the audience. That's why it became such a word of mouth hit. Mm. Uh, I think is because there's so much, so much good telly. Mm. There's so much mediocre telly. And sometimes when kind of all right telly is elevated to great telly, it's not, it's because there's not loads of great telly around. So you just, you, you just want to sort of eat up the kind of all right telly, but really fantastic telly that doesn't patronise an audience, that doesn't pander to them, that makes them think, that makes them go, I'm not going to look at my phone during this. Um, that's what this show does. And I could never have asked for a better ending at all. It ha- had, had he got away with it again, I think we would have been taking the piss out of the audience, if I'm honest. And as an actor, of course, you have to go, oh, but that's like my job and I love that and I love my friends. And you just have to go, well, you serve the script and the script is is kind of God. And that's what we did. Um, Claudia's wondering if you just didn't like the coffee or um, if the coffee in the underpass had just gone cold, what happened with that scene with the coffee in the underpass? You know that we laughed. Like it we, makes us cry. It's, it's one of our laughing. top three favorite moments, I think. Do you know what? Somebody it's, asked me, sorry, Hannah, were you saying something? No, I just love how I didn't know where it is. I just love it. Yeah, that is one of my favorite scenes, weirdly, because... It was, he met Kate under there for a reason to coax her in to something. And it was like, he threw that away to show to the audience, job done. Mm. I've got her. And it was, and I still don't know if that was in the script or that was something I did. That was my next question. I was going to ask Shit. if it was in the script. Sorry, Brendan. Where's your fucking answer? Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, I don't, I have to obviously go, you have should to just claim back. that. I would have to go back through the scripts. But it was a very satisfying moment to throw away uh, that cup. 
there because it was again it was another version of dot that it was stripped off once he'd he was dot with kate and then once he was walking away to the camera he threw that away he was another version of dot mm. and that's what makes that character um so incredible to play because there was just so many hats that he was wearing all the time um because you just ne- did you never you had to be on top of it but you never really knew which version you were even though i did as as the actor but it was the for the audience to work out but yeah that was a a, a cracking scene someone's gonna have to check the scripts on that one yeah i know mm. Um, Craig, we want to say thanks genuinely for all the Twitter shout outs. Um, we see them, you pushing people over to us when we oh, are covering stuff that you are not. So we want to say thanks so much. Obviously, you hosted the BBC's uh, podcast for Line of Duty last season and you've got the Two Shot podcast as well. We're wondering uh, who has been your favourite guest? Who have you had the best chat with so far on your own podcast? On my own? Oh my God. I mean, it's been years. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly... Um, blown away by people's stories and the way that they are quite unfiltered. Uh, Kaylee Llewellyn last week, who has a show out uh, on BBC called In My Skin, who came from not just a troubled family background, but as, as traumatic as you could possibly imagine. And she's made a show out of uh, her background. Uh, I love talking to her. I love talking to people that I've never spoken to before. And it's like, you know yourselves, it's like, well, you've got to, f- and it, you know, as an actor, you get on set and you've got to forge a relationship quite quickly. But of course, when you're recording a podcast, you've only got a certain window. You've got 45 minutes, you've got an hour, and that's kind of tops. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, building relationships with, Jodie Comer, Jodie Whittaker. Um, I loved the Michael Balligan episode from one of our first years, but, you know, talking about his journey. Um, it's hard to pinpoint. Sorry, Brendan, that's a terrible No, 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 answer. you don't. I, I didn't mean give me one name. You've given us a few and that's great. So look, we're going to wrap it up, guys. Craig, we've taken up so much your evening and we just appreciate it so much. That was absolutely brilliant. Well, you're very, very welcome. It's lovely to meet you all and, and cracking work on what you do. It's, it's, you know, you take fan theories up to another level with the show um, and long may it continue. Craig Parkinson, thank you so much for talking to us on Shrine Podcasts. All right, take care. Lots of love, guys. I cannot believe that Vicky McClure fainted while filming one of the scenes hanging off the side of the truck. I don't blame the woman. It was high octane drama. I can't believe that Neil Morrissey shat in Steve's car. Well, that is Craig Parkinson's version of events because allegedly Martin Comston had a different version of events. I cannot believe that I was given that question to ask the celebrity <laughs> interviewee once again. Uh, so Hannah, you know, someone actually had tweeted, tweeted us in being like, Hannah needs to ask this question. Like, honestly, if and we ever get dead on this podcast, I, I actually, I will disconnect the Zoom. <laughs> I won't be able to get the words out of my mouth, guys. It's well, ridiculous. Craig Parkinson also agrees that now, forevermore, Hannah has to be the person to ask that question. So that's it. The caddies, the caddies called it. 
Um, really, I also loved guys that the caddy himself does believe there could be more line of duty or he would like more in the version of a 90 minute Christmas special. Yeah, also, he doesn't play golf and is absolutely shite at it by his own admission. So, I think that's very funny. It was just, a, it's a lovely way to end the year though, because um, I loved listening to Craig's podcast, the, uh, the Obsessed with Line of Duty podcast, while yeah. Line of Duty was on, and while we were doing ours as well. It feels like a full circle moment. I also am so happy for him that he got like paid probably a ridiculous amount of money to go and film the Morse code scene, like to tap his fingers <laughs> on the camera when he himself said, clearly you could get somebody else to do this, but the budgets have gone up and you can fly me over. Thanks very much. That's just such a great gig. And if anyone is, is a hand model agency, he has asked for, you know, some work. It's also just so scene. unnecessary because the it's way so, yeah. they shot that scene, they shot it. <laughs> Like they, the fact that he was there, why did they shoot it where they just zoomed in a box? It's the most like this is not Greg Parkinson's actual hand way of going about it. But then we find out that what he was flowing in to lie on the ground <laughs> to have just his hand featured in that episode. Uh, well, guys, it's been a wonderful year for TV. We were gifted with Line of Duty season six and we got the fantastic vigil next year. Trigger Point, D.I. Ray, lots more coming, lots to podcast about. And thank you so much to everyone who's listening for all your support. Uh, you have made this year truly wonderful for us in a time that's been really strange. Like we did the whole of the Line of Duty podcast during lockdown. We hadn't been in a room with each other since the October before, which is the case for many people. But it was such a lovely moment each week to be able to chat with you and with each other about our favourite TV show. It means so much to us and it culminated in us getting to interview Martin Compson and Craig Parkinson, as you've just heard. So do please, as always... Let us know what you're watching. Let us know what you want us to talk about. And pets, we will be back. Brendan, go on. Have a wonderful Christmas. We'll talk to you in the new year when we're going to be watching Trigger Point. End of your terminated. Go on. Piss off. This is TV worth talking about. So we want to hear what you have to say. Find Shrine Podcasts on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at ShrinePod. 